Our people have collectively decided to die, and we need to talk about it. And welcome to Hyperborean Radio. I am Celtic God, and with me is the Lore Keeper as always. Yes. Hello, everybody. And today is going to be one of those really severe, deep topic type of days. But before we do that, we have to remind everybody, make sure to share us around because we are growing. Thanks to you sharing us around in part, mostly because I was uh, I was looking up pagan um, podcasts and type in pagan type type in hype, uh, not hyperborean, but ethnic faith, things like that. We don't show up anywhere on any of the searches. No, you do get something called the pagan Christian, though. Yeah, the pagan Christian, the pagan witch, so on and so forth. Yeah, you get all sorts of weird stuff, but you don't find us. So um, for people interested in ethnic faith, you we actually have to be shared around. And we have the all the proper keywords in our description and whatnot, but we just aren't showing up. So we are growing directly because of you. Also, if you would like our production value to go up a little bit and we're getting closer thanks to you guys again you can join our patreon you get uh, the podcast early as soon as we get them edited we load them up so you can listen to the podcast early on there for as little as five dollars a month that's less than seven cents a day or you can buy one of our fancy dancy shirts like there's two of them that we that we really like and when we wear them out in public we get interesting um looks and or conversations one is the hyperborea forever and the other one is you are not weak. Right. It, and with the Hyperborean forever, usually there's somebody that asks, well, what is Hyperborea? And you can kind of tell, but it is a way to um, start a conversation. But, and, uh, yeah. And the other one, do not be fooled. You're, you're not broken. I believe I have it listed as you are not broken in the, um, the spring and the tea springs. So, yeah. And you can find all that through our, our link tree and all that other good stuff. But we are getting more material yeah we're we're growing slowly and uh that's all thanks to you guys so thanks guys but yes yes, today's conversation is is actually very important well and i kind of had this realization because everything about our people right now is we are a people that more or less seem to wish to die and what it is is on a subconscious level across all of our tribes across all of our people Every single one of us seems to want to die. Well, not on an individual basis. No, but on a subconscious level. Yeah, it's on, across the, on all the Jungian level. Well, and it's, I won't say exactly what happened because I don't know exactly what happened. We have a rough time scale for when it happened, mm-hmm. uh, sort of the world wars and right after that. That's when it seems to have really picked up. And honestly, I think that we've gone through this several times before, but now it's. It's, it's really bad. Yeah, it's really bad. It's it's well, it's like, chronic. Well, every bit of our culture right now, everything that is considered a a good, a a something that you want to do is driving us to extinction. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing is it actually requires actual work for someone even when they're just raised from a, a youngling to completely break themselves of that. It actually started to really really bug my mind because it's if we don't admit this and we don't start to defy it well it's like they tell you in Alcoholics Anonymous the first step is admitting the problem as much as I hate Alcoholics Anonymous and all these these uh, I don't know what to call them these groups there is a point in that is first you have to identify the problem before you can fix the problem one of the major problems that our people is facing as a whole, maybe not you, maybe not me, but it's the suicidal tendency. There's too many people on the planet, There's and, and it's ex, it's expressed in so many different ways. Um, I'm not racist. See, I have a insert partner. Well, like you actually had this happen once where you were talking to a woman that was talking about how every, the world is overpopulated. Right. And then you pointed out that it's actually the Africans, the Dravidians, the Chinese, all of which that have over a billion in population. Mm-hmm. That are overpopulated. We are actually, we're so top heavy that when the oldest generation dies, we'll be cut in half, if not more. Yeah. Um, 50% loss is a modest. It's probably closer to 60. Probably. And because most of our countries were so inundated with the other groups that the younger generation is smaller 
like the last two generations are, I think, actually smaller than the yes. oldest. But those generations are padded with the numbers of the other races. Right. Uh, I mean, all you have to do is look at the census and see how they figure out, figure it out. Just go look at your governmental census and you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, for America, it's uh, I believe it's census.gov. Always look for the .gov afterwards anyways. In it's, America, I don't know what it is in the UK or whatever. I think but, it's .uk in the UK. But it's something that all of us have it. All of us. Even the people who are not raised to think that way, are not raised to believe that way, well, are not exposed. Well, even if they don't have the suicidal tendency themselves, they are, by the time they're adults, are accepting of it. Yeah, it's... it's Where I myself, and probably quite a few people in the, in the audience, probably completely defiant. Yes. Because as we talk about this, I can feel the defiance in my body rise up like a physical sensation. Well, and people have talked about it for a while. Make everything you do, every bit of yourself, every action, drinking a drink of water, eating a sandwich, taking a walk, make every single thing you do a defiance. But they're defying the wrong thing because they place it on the outside. They're defying the Africans. They're defying this religion or that religion. What, you, what we need to defy, the thing that is most dragging us down is our own subconscious collective decision to die. Right. We are, we are not defying the other races. And it's not a political stance either because we have, uh, personally we have a lot of discussions about this. Right wing versus left wing. We are neither. We reject both because both are incorrect and effectively they're both the same thing. So... We aren't right wing. We aren't centrist and we aren't left wing. We are effectively anarcho tribalist, I think, is the closest thing that we could come to if but you wanted to put a label terrible. on us. Yeah, and even that's terrible because anarchy in nature cannot actually exist. What we are is for our people. That's why we're pagan. If these, If it wasn't literally killing us for these other religions to exist, we wouldn't really be that big of an issue. But these other religions literally are killing us. Right. And these religions, they don't have to be venerating the Abrahamic God or the Hindu gods or pick one. That's not what we mean. Uh, Religion doesn't necessarily have to do with a deity in that sense. A religion can be science, science. And the, the scientists are the priests. It can be the medical field. It can be. School teaching, it can be psychiatry. It doesn't matter what the thing is. All of these things have been turned into religions, and you dare not speak heresy. I guess when it comes to what the point of this has to do with paganism and and all these things is our gods, our way of being, because that's what it is. It's not a religion in the sense of this is the doctrine, this is the dogma, this is the day you go to church Mm -hmm. or whatever. No, it, it is us. And because of this vilification and lies that have been spread about who we are as a people and what we are naturally, it furthers that desire to die because it creates this idea that we are an inherently bad thing. Yeah. And that's the thing is the subconscious level, it can be combated. It can't like you do not really have that issue. You are defiant in the face of it. You acknowledge it exists, but you're defiant. Everything in culture right now, more or less, is designed to promote that. Mm -hmm. Like we were talking about this. Every cultural milieu, everything that is considered more Violence isn't the answer. Um, uh, Love your neighbor. uh, Things like that. But they don't mean literally your neighbor or somebody that looks like you. No, no, no. They mean somebody that lives a thousand miles away from you. They want you attacking your neighbor, your literal neighbor. Well, it... Well, it's uh, like they don't encourage the men to be able to fight, so they end up basically like dogs that are locked inside one room and have shit all over the place. Or fighting like women do. Yes, or fighting like women do, which is exhausting because that's how most people, male or female, fight online. It's it's, the weirdest thing. They want men to fight like women and women to fight like men. Well, and it's because it is inherently... It removes the continuation because if men don't physically fight, there is no defense. The women are not comfortable. Mm-hmm. The women are, do not feel safe. The males do not feel safe. The children do not feel safe. Well, and there's this other thing that's happened. I'm not this old, but I can look back in history, and it seems to have really amped up in the 60s. 
no man peace love not war all this other good stuff but as soon as as something breaks their doctrine then all of a sudden they become hyper violent and aggressive but not in that solid way it's it's they're doing it out of terror zealotry yeah because i've had these people approach me and attack me in real life sheer and utter terror in their eyes that is not courage they're attacking out of cowardice is because they're scared of what will happen if they don't well and what it is to an extent is everything right now everything is escapism Mm -hmm. even a lot of the movements that push against escapism that push are they themselves escapism well it's a lot of I'm not going to name names, but there's a lot of the political sphere. There's a lot of the pagan sphere. There's a lot of the spiritualist sphere. Mm-hmm. Well, it and we're not going to name names, one, because we don't need the the e-drama. Two, you're smart enough to, to find these people on your own. To stop just for a moment. You're, you're listening to us. That's how we know that you're smart. You're smart enough to stop and think for a moment and be like, ah, yes, I've seen this here, and I've seen this there, and I've seen this somewhere else. And the reason why I say that, I was in doubt. I'll be honest. I was in doubt for a minute about the the general intelligence of the various audiences out there, ours and and others, to be completely honest. But plastic paganism completely changed my mind on that because of the messages that we got where, yes, I didn't recognize it before, but once you guys said something, then I realized what it was I was seeing. And we didn't have to point at anybody in particular. No, they immediately knew what it was, what we meant. Right, so that... Thank you, guys. That gives me a lot of hope in our people. Because even sometimes we kind of get on the downhill slide of uh, optimism. You know, there's, there's, it's the little things, man. It's the little lights, and we need more of them. Well, and, and that people being solid about it, not lashing out out of fear. Like, there's some movements that are pro, pro-white. It's a horrible name. So let us change it for our argument. Pro-hyperborean. But they attack, they attack out of cowardice, out of fear. They, they're not doing it out of love. There's nothing solid there. Well, it's the Chihuahua versus the Georgian Mountain Dog. Yeah. Chihuahuas attack and growl out of fear. The Georgian Mountain Dog will just fuck it's shit up. It's just flat warning. It's part of the issue. You can actually see it physically happening. Our people are so beat down. They're so scared. Mm-hmm. They're so... All of these things, and you can see it on our people. It's like we're in a constant state of panic, of fear, of a desire for anything. We're we're so desperate for people to say that we're good, that we literally will listen to people that just say, you're a good boy. You're a good boy. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? Yeah, you're a good boy. Because we are, as a whole, we are completely beat down. Mm -hmm. We are are a whipped dog right now. Well, and the thing is, is... We do need to be told that we're good boys and we're good girls. We need that. But it needs to mean yeah, something. Yeah, that's it. It needs to mean something. So well, I understand people following certain people as like, yes, you're good simply for being born. But no, no, you're not good. The, the potential is there. But what did you do with it? What are you doing with it now? And you might have done some horrible things in the past because... I've had a few conversations with people that's like, well, they didn't do horrible things. They think they did. But then it always comes down to, well, did you learn anything? And are you not doing that now? Are you trying to live nobly with courage, with purpose? Well, and that's where a lot of our ethnic faith comes in is it is something that bolsters the strength. It gives us balance. It bolsters courage. It bolsters nobility. Mm-hmm. Well, and our gods live with us. They aren't locked in some ancient mythical past in another world. No, they, they live with us. They are in us. We, they are us, and we are them. I say this all the time, and I mean it literally. Well, you, whoever's listening, you sitting across from me, have the potential to become a fucking god. Well, and you can actually see, in, just in the art history, we depicted the gods in modern garb right up until the Middle Ages, and then the Renaissance happened, and roughly around that time is when they started backdating mm-hmm. and started depicting them in ancient gear. Well, and that's that's why historians and, honestly, Catholics are the worst ones about de- dethroning people. Because you go to 
Well, you got Joan of Arc. She had actually hit apotheosis. She was people, considered a goddess. Yeah, she had people had set up altars to her, temples to her. They prayed to her. They all the stuff. Uh, granted, a lot of that is Abrahamic, but they was doing what they knew at the time. Uh, they was doing it in an Abrahamic way. They was doing a very pagan thing, but in an Abrahamic way, if you understand. But then in America, for instance, you got Davy Crockett, Daniel Boone. They were actually starting to be referred to as American gods, gods of, of the American frontier. These are actual titles that they was given for a while. And then the historian stepped in and said, well, you see, Davy Crockett and Daniel Boone, they weren't actually gods of the American frontier. These were real people. And then they stripped them right back down. Which, And here's part of it is... Well, and really for a completely um, heathen ethnic mindset, it should be like... The response should be, well, yeah, no shit, but that's not what we mean. Well, and that's the thing people don't understand. And you can actually see this. We've brought this up before. Is the way that our people do apotheosis is we actually start burying and disappearing the human mm -hmm. and allowing them to basically we, we basically take away their worldly elements well and, and we might even forefront. admit that they were people like heracles like or heracles, yes but we we allow them to ex uh, not escape because that's not a good term no uh, we, that implies life is not worth living and life is the entire point of all of it well and that's the that's the thing that is the thing that is the whole point of this is and it's rampant even in the pagan sphere well i don't i when i die i want to ascend so i don't have to come back or i want to be reincarnated into a magical be all of this anti-life for all this talk of how paganism is so life-affirming why are so many people so desiring to leave and never come back right and then at that point i have to ask myself are they really following a hyperborean ethnic faith and i keep coming back to the answer is no not no, when they're escapism. taking that approach yeah it's escape uh, it's escapism in one form or another well you also have other forms of escapism like musk is going to build us a rocket and we're going to go to the go to mars and make a utopia mm -hmm. or we're going to get uploaded to the mainframe and live in a magical matrix yeah. yo and no matter how you look at it it's escaping life which is the same thing as saying yeah we uh, i'm tired of life and don't want to live anymore well it's like most people want their 40 acres and a mule mm -hmm. so they can get away from everything not realizing if it's literally just you your wife and maybe some kids on your 40 acres and a mule you will die yeah your you, family line will die out you need other people i mean like when you went off into the woods and you camped quote unquote yeah for I about two camped years for about two years you almost laid down and died Almost. Because you realize that you couldn't keep going without other people. Yeah. It's it's not because I was hung. No, I was I was doing well. I I actually gained weight and muscle mass. I got healthier out there. I went out of my way and built a cabin by hand with no nails or, or anything. I had food stocked up for fuck a year. I was doing good out there, but I wasn't doing good out there. Because it just dawned on me one day, what am I doing this for? Yeah, there's no children. There's no wife. It's why, like, there's this common story trope among our people. Old man has a wife, has a family. He's happy. Everybody gets killed. Everybody. Man, woman, child. Everyone but him. He goes off, takes revenge, and then he goes away and dies. Yeah. We, we need people. We need we need society, I guess. We just don't... The modern society is not what I'm talking about. What we need is we need social interaction. We need community. Yes, community. Just not the way that it's bound now because that's what it is. All these rules, all these laws, all these social expectations, they're bindings, they're shackles. Uh, I forgot the name Gleitner. of the... Yes, there you go. The, the, the chain that binds Fenrir. Is it, it is a chain made of lies and ideas we need to do away with that and get back to the truth of it. Well, in many ways, whatever your opinion of Fenrir, just using him as a, a metaphor, Fenrir is our spirit. Because we, as a collective race, species even, have been changed. And it's not just the West, because Russia has this same problem. Oh, yeah. Eastern Europe has this same problem. As this conflict goes on in the Eastern Europe. 
Well, um, I, I've looked into it, and yeah, Russia and Eastern Europe is as fucked as Western Europe and the other Western countries. Oh, there's an entire channel that just goes around and talks to random Russians. If they were speaking English in an American accent, you would not be able to tell the difference. No. They, they are just as mentally messed with as Americans, if not worse, because they believe the West is better than where they're from. Right. Well, well sometimes. Sometimes it's the other way, but they're still doing the exact same things. A lot of it is this concept of nation. Nation used to mean a people. Yeah. The English people were a nation, whether they were in England or France or Spain or South Africa. Well, and at one time English. you could have a nation of 200 people or a nation that spanned hundreds or possibly thousands of miles they were the same people with the same outlook on life well and here's the thing that nobody talks about we're, we're talking all about how our people are are dying and we're not the only people to bring this up right but i'm gonna lay the blames squarely at our collective feet we are our own worst enemy on a spiritual level mm -hmm. on a physical level and we have already had casualties. Entire groups of our people in the last few hundred years have gone extinct. Yeah, just the, disappeared. The Ainu, the And they weren't all killed. No. They Some of them just stopped breeding and died that way. Others got sick and died. Some, it was war. Mo the most common, the number one most common is breeding themselves out of existence. Well, this is something people have brought up is in a genocide, how most people die is falling asleep in their beds and just never waking up. Yeah. And not because they were poisoned, because they were old. Which is exactly what's going on. And, and here's the thing. A lot of us are scared to go out and talk to people. So we're complacent or complicit in this process. There's a lot of people that are actively suicidal as far as the race goes. There's an even larger portion, I think, that are complicit in this process because we're scared to talk to people. The Gen Z, I think it is, has the largest portion of virgins, male and female, because you're scared to approach each other, to talk to each other. Yeah, they're terrified. It, it is the weirdest thing. Like we've and never. It, it's easy to blame porn, but no, that's that's a it's that's a symptom. a symptom of the illness. Well, everything, everything right now, because people will blame that there's too many not us in our countries. Mm -hmm. That there is all this other stuff that our governments are selling people out, all of these problems. And they are valid, but they're symptoms. It's like having a disease and only treating the symptoms. Yeah. You'll still die. You'll just die on a lot of weird medication. You, we will not save ourselves until we admit the main problem is our own people's... Suicidal tendency. We're melancholic. We're yeah. misanthropic. We view our own selves as a virus. You hear it all the time. Right. Well, and like, I've never been possessed of that suicidal tendency, for instance, but I have gotten periods of time where I was complicit in the suicide of our people because I just wouldn't approach people. I wouldn't talk to people. I became antisocial. I understand it's awkward. I'm not, I'm shy. You might not realize this. Most people don't. I am incredibly shy. Except with people with severed limbs and uh, metal parts. Yes, or horrible deforming scars. I, I will most likely run up to you excited like a little kid and ask you a thousand and one questions. But as far as in general, just talking to somebody, I am incredibly shy. So I force myself, and a lot of people in real life don't realize just how shy I am, but I... I Go forward, I shake hands, I talk to people despite my shyness, not because I'm shy. And we need to start doing that. We need to start kissing hands and shaking babies and getting people to know us and like us and respect us and want to be like us. And then when they say, you are so strong, you have so much understanding, why is that? And you say, because I follow the hyperborean ethnic faith. I embrace who we are as a people and my people are my religion. That includes you, whether you like it or not. Well, and here's the thing is, of the two of us, I am proof of concept. Because when you first met me, I was pretty much a modern. But mm -hmm. through through ethnic faith, through these things, I've become well, someone Well, a couple I never times thought. getting slammed up against the wall. and <laughs> You know, well, these things, they happen in friendships. Well, here's the thing is, the way our people work... A male hitting another male. It's like we always say. There is nicety and then there is kindness. Do not be nice because the other side of nice is cruel. The other side of kindness is harshness. Because 
Conan the Barbarian, Gandalf, these are two very kind characters. And remember, when you ask yourself what would Gandalf do, beating a motherfucker unconscious with a very big stick is a valid option. Right, or what would Conan do? Splitting somebody's skull, as a matter of course, is a true option. And it is a kindness. Yes. Because Conan is perfectly capable. And never cruel. No. If you if you read the stories, which is why I recommend New Pagans, before you read any of the other stories, or at least as near to the start as you can, before you listen to anybody really talk about anything, before you start actually getting deep, especially for the young men, but young women too, because this is what you should expect a man to be. Crack those books open. Don't focus on, well, here's the womanizing and the, the sword wielding. No, 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 no. That's, that's not the point. The point is, is his approach to life. He never feels sorry for himself. He sacrifices himself for other, for justice. He doesn't give two fucks about law. What's right and what's wrong. He goes out of his way for other people of his, uh, let's say, tribal makeup. Because we still have to dance some lines. But he goes out of his way for other people of his tribal makeup. But he also holds them to a higher standard. Well, he even says, I would help you out of this situation in one situation where one of our women is uh, basically enslaved by some, uh, let's go with darker races. And basically says, I would help you even if it was... Even if only for the color of your pelt. That doesn't mean that he likes her. And he might. Oh, no. In the story, he actively dislikes her. Yes. Uh, But the the other thing is, too, is he holds people with the same color pelt to a higher standard of behavior than the others. And that's exactly what I do. It's a good thing. Ask yourself, what would Conan do? And he doesn't bother hating the other races. They're fleas on a dog's back. They're irritating. Sometimes they're helpful, but in general, he doesn't fucking care. And that's, that is a good, solid approach to then start learning about our people and building on that. And it's good for the young men to, to read these stories so that they can learn how to behave, how to approach life. And it's good for the young women to read these stories so that they can see, or even the not so young, so that they can see what a, what a real man is. There's Never a- feeling sorry for yourself is a big one. Oh, yeah. And here's never a, surrendering, never giving up, never bowing knee to hopelessness. No, never give up. Just don't. It is not on the table. It can't be. Don't let it be on the table. And, and here's another thing is we've talked about this before, but there's, there's nourishing art and there's hungry art. There's nourishing actions. There's hungry actions. That sounds weird, but think about it. There is art that literally feels like it feeds you and quote-unquote art that actually feels like it pulls from you. Right, and, and then there's a bunch of it that's just dead. It doesn't either. Yes, and there are people just like that, and there are people that are starving for affection, starving for hope, starving for these things. And there are people, Just some kind of general recognition. Anything, anything. And I don't know how to help those people because you have to yourself be so full that you can actually give something, mm-hmm. and most of us aren't. Well, and like I've, I've had some people complain that I myself, I have impossible standards for people. No, I don't. My standards are actually are relatively easy to hit, but my standards are solid. They don't go any lower than that. And it's because I view each and every one of our people from child to elderly as potential gods. And you will meet that or you can fuck off. That's just my general approach at life. And one, if you won't meet this, this standard of being noble, making the stand when the stand needs made, strength, courage, wisdom, if, if you don't meet the minimum standard, you've betrayed your people. You're betraying yourself. It doesn't mean that you can't come back. But until you do, until you do raise yourself up, stop feeling sorry for yourself, start building yourself up in the people around you. Yeah, don't don't bother because you've betrayed the people. But just because that betrayal has happened in the past doesn't mean that you can't achieve it now. I, I guess is one way to, to put it. Did I break you? No, I just I'm trying to think of something, but you keep going. 
So basically what I'm saying is if you've done something naughty in the past, like, I don't know, you stole from your uh, 20 bucks from your mom's wallet, which to me is that is a very, very bad thing to do. It's not that stealing's bad. Well, don't steal from friends and family and don't get caught. Well, that's the thing that like I, I had someone freak out about. Well, Odin's not a god of thieves. Odin's not a god of thieves. And I'm like, yeah, he is. He is. And that's not a bad thing. This modern moralist view of our myths is moronic. Maybe to if you're stealing from friends, family, all this. Basically, what you're doing then is you're stealing to build for yourself. Incredibly selfish reasons. But if you're stealing from, say, okay, there's people that are getting all over our government right now. Don't like getting political, but I find this absolutely funny. America has become pirates because we are capturing foreign oil freighters. We're going through extra steps, in my opinion. We ship them off to Greece or some or Italy or some other neutral territory and then have a judge decide on whether or not we can keep it. I myself, if we needed the oil and I had the magic wand of I'm in control of the U.S., we would just be doing open piracy. Uh, hey, Navy guys, this is this is the plan. We need oil. I want you to go out there and capture every oil freighter from this list of countries, and then we're going to sail them back to oh. America, and we're going to pump off the oil, and then we will offer to sell them back their freighter, or we will just dismantle the freighter. It's and, like and by the way, we're going to cut the profits. Well, it's like um, Vikings. They were mostly pirates. Pirates. Mm -hmm. They were mostly pirates. Marauders. They were mostly pirates. Mm -hmm. What are pirates? They are thieves. That's a f thieves and raiders. That, 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 that's some of the most popular folk heroes. Robin Hood is a thief. There's many myths from you know ancient Greece, ancient anywhere about stealing something. Jack and the Beanstalk. Guy literally does a home invasion and takes a bunch of stuff. Right. So to get back to where I started with this, if you had stole 20 bucks from your mom when you was, I don't know, eight years old or 13 years old. And, oh, man, I was such a bad, horrible human being. I can't I can't come back from that. <sighs> Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Never do that again. Teach other people. Never steal from friends or family. Ever, well, under any circumstance, do you steal from them and start living as nobly as you can? And then, yes, you can come back. Well, it's it's we've talked about this before. There is no absolution in ethnic faith. You don't go to the priest and confess your sins and you're good to go. Like Hercules, when Hercules accidentally killed his family, whether you blame Hera, whether you blame alcohol, whether you blame he was happy or it was PTSD or whatever you want to call it. He kills his family. That's pretty consistent in the mythology. And then he goes, basically gives his life away. He's like, I will serve you for however long it takes to kind of clear my conscience. And the thing is, is even though Hercules only does the 12 labors, his descendants, the Spartans, continued to act in such a way that they had to make up for what Hercules did. Kind of. Kind of. They, they learned from his lessons. It, it wasn't all, um, I forget what the word is, but it wasn't all retribution, I guess, trying to pay back the sins of the forefathers. No, 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 no. What they was trying to do was live up to the legend that he became, learning from his past mistakes because it's written by, okay, the Spartans themselves, no writings, but their neighbors did write about them. And they would mock the Spartans because while they might partake of wine, they didn't get drunk. And if they did get drunk, there was a severe penalty for it, often including up to death for getting publicly drunk or even privately drunk, just getting drunk. And why? Because they took that lesson from Hercules' life about getting drunk and killing his family very seriously. This is a, a story of Tanata and then the other end of their culture was living up to and imitating the hero that Hercules became. That's the lesson to take. Well, and a lot of this is our people. By our very nature, we are naive and we are very innocent. And innocence is not, it's not being purely good. Innocence is, is kind of like a bear. Bears are just as likely to play on the swing as eat all your dogs, chickens, and then beat you up for telling it to stop. Innocence does, it, it basically means what it means. It means innocence. 
and without malevolent intent. Yes. Like if a giant steps on your house, it wasn't malevolence. It's, oh, crud, I just stepped on a house. Yeah. I hope everybody's okay. Well, yeah, actually, that's a good example. You can think of innocence as when a kid accidentally steps on or kicks a ant pile to put the kid in the position of the, uh, of the giant. That's innocence. However, there can also be cruelty, like when he's stomping on the, the ant pile. Well, like, um, there's actually a good example of this in literature uh, of mice and men. Mm-hmm. Lenny, the guy that's not quite all there in the head. Yeah. And he squeezes a woman to death and a bunny. And he doesn't do, or I think it's a bunny or a puppy, I forget. But basically, he squeezes it to death, not because he's angry or out of cruelty, but he loves it so much. And he doesn't realize how strong he is. Right. And he's innocent. Yeah. That's... And, that's an example of innocence doing something uh, not good, I guess. Uh, I don't like the words good and evil, but they're so entrenched in, in English, it's hard to avoid them. But yeah, that isn't something to aspire to do, but it doesn't negate the fact that he was innocent. Well, and that's, it's one of the things that I always try to bring up is because of our na- naivete, because of our innocence, we are actually extremely susceptible to stuff like what I started this whole conversation with, which is that our people have chosen to die. Well, and it's reinforced with messages of the world is overpopulated, insinuating it's us that is overpopulating the world. And most people in our naivety don't think to look at world populations and then say, oh, well, if it's overpopulated, where do we fall in to this population problem? Oh, and part of it, too, is because of universalism. There's, uh, what is it? There's no races, or there's only one race, the human race. Yeah, that's uh, the That's the thing that's say. been going around for a decade or two. They have that in their head. So then, e- even if they do realize the difference, it doesn't matter, I guess, is the way to go. It doesn't matter to them because they're so naive. They took these messages in and never questioned them. Our natural way of doing things is meritocracy. So mm-hmm. our natural belief is that who's ever in charge is should going act- to tell us the truth and they have our best interests at heart. Yes. And that is not the case at all, especially no. right now. Demonstrable. And, yeah. and it ha- really, it never really has been the case. No, there, that's why there's that line. Uh, I think it was Ragnar and Vikings. He said, uh, power corrupts the best and attracts the worst or it attracts the worst and corrupts the best. One of those. But it's true. Well, it, you, yes and no. You can avoid it, but it's if the society is set up in such a way, if nothing else, you have to be harsh. Well, and that's why the leaders have to be in a position where they're held accountable. Pretty much once you get anything above chieftain level, the person in charge probably doesn't have your best interest at heart. And no. even then, it's hit and miss because we used to be able to literally challenge our leaders to a duel to the death. Not like every day or 15 times a day, because that that's also not fair. You could have a great man, but if he has to fight 15 duels every day, eventually he's going to lose. Well, and it's also why the high King's pretty much only job was protect from outside forces. Yeah. The, everything was highly localized. Well, to it avoid makes that it, uh, even if they do become corrupt, it makes it really difficult for them to do anything with it. Well, and then it helps that the, his guards were also his executioners. Yes. Like, I think that's actually what the secret service was more or less supposed to be. Originally. That's what it was supposed to be is they was both his protector and his executioner. It actually makes some of not that way anymore. No, it actually makes me wonder about some of the, uh, the presidential executions. And if they weren't actually, or you mean assassinations and if they weren't actually executions, it is a distinct possibility. And then they just chose a fall guy. Yeah, it is a distinct possibility that in some cases they they might have been assassinated by the Secret Service themselves, the Secret Service actually doing their job. But we will never know. Well, and especially because of, like, Lincoln. Because right. Lincoln was on the road to being potentially the m- most heinous president. Yeah, the worst tyrant in, in American history. Actually, he was. If you look at what it is. A, that he, he actually was, did? Yeah, that not what... Not what the the broad brushstroke fairy tale that they tell about Lincoln, but you actually start looking at his policies that he enacted and what he did. Oh, yeah, the dude was a straight-up tyrant. Yeah, 
And that's the other thing, is the rewriting of our history, the destruction of our myths, of our spirit. People have brought this up. Every other race, more or less, is attached to their ancestors. Mm -hmm. they, they don't have this break, this almost psychological, spiritual barrier that was put up like our people do. Mm -hmm. Well, and here's, here's a concept that's, I don't know if it's uniquely Hyperborean, but it is definitely Hyperborean. Some people will ask, well, what do you mean ancestors? What do you mean ancestors? Who was your 52nd grandmother on your grandmother's grandmother's side? No, no, that's not what we mean. The ancestors is our people as a whole. It is everyone that came before us, both the good and the bad, because they caused the present. We recognize that. We don't have to know all the names or all the jobs or all the stories of every ancestor, but we do know that they existed. How do we know? Because we are here now. And then we have all of us now. We are ancestors of the future. And then our descendants are also ancestors of the even further future. There is no clean delineation when we talk about our ancestors. If you look at old lore, they didn't differentiate in that way. Well, and that's one of the key things, I think, to actually to actually solving this, to actually making our people no longer... Because you can see it when you walk around. Mm -hmm. You can see people... They're waiting to die. Well, they're they're waiting to die, and they're waiting for somebody to come save them. No, there is no white knight on a steed. There is. We have to be our own heroes because if we're not, I mean, I'm willing to do it, but I need people there to follow. I, I am willing to put the target on my fucking head, not even on my chest, right on my head. But we need the people. We we need people. We need resources. We need we need these things and. I am only a potential hero. You, too, are a potential hero. Everyone who is listening to this is a potential hero. Every, everyone who's not we listening to, to this, it's how we actually think. You think Joan of Arc thought, you know, I'll, I'll be one of the most famous heroines in the history of the world when she was, like, two? You think that she was like, I'm definitely going to be the most famous French female soldier that ever existed? Yeah. You, you think she was thinking that way? You think any of well, our Well, you heroes? think even, even when she first started speaking, before she got an army to back her up, think that she wasn't scared? Of course, she was terrified. Absolutely terrified. But she did it because she had to. How do I know this? Because there's transcripts of her trials. Simply put, it's the acknowledgement of not just the ancestors, because the fact that we've met people that say, I don't care what happens to my grandkids... That is a significant oh, problem. I almost lost my shit when I heard that. I'm like, what about your grandkids or your grandkids' grandkids? Well, I don't care about that. What? And you dare call yourself a, a heathen of any way, shape, or form. Because the ancestors are... I don't, it's another way of saying our people. Our people across the board. Our Through forefathers, our ancestors. All of them. From the first ones to the last ones. If, gods forbid, there is a last one. I myself like to think that we're going to go all Star Wars and start populating the uh, other planets and whatnot eventually, but not through escapism. I, I'm not opposed to going to Mars, for instance. Most people that want to go to Mars, they want to do so to escape Earth. No, 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 no. If we do it for exploration and adventure, and I am brave, and to help our people grow, that's great. But you can do the same thing for two or three completely different reasons. There's the noble reason to do something and the cowardly reason to do the same thing. If that makes sense. I hope it makes sense. I, I've, well, I've talked about it before. Intention yeah, intention is matters. always important. Are you helping? Let's use the obvious one. Are you helping a homeless person for the Instagram points or because you actually care? And you know, you know if you're doing it, if you actually care. It's like, well, but they feed the poor. Of course they're good people. What? Well, are you saying feeding the poor is bad? Well, it, here's, here's something that should make it really obvious. Politician goes to a soup kitchen for a photo op. They might stay there the whole shift and actually help out. But were they there to actually help? Are they ever going to come back? Do they actually even care? Or was it all for the photo op? And we all know the answer. And yeah, that's an excellent uh, uh, an excellent example. We know damn well they don't actually care. They're doing something quote unquote good, but they're doing it for the worst of fucking reasons. Well, and here's the thing. The other thing is 
The only people that can save us are ourselves. Mm -hmm. Every last one of us. The only person that can actually help me, truly help me on a on a deep level is me. I'm lucky enough to have you as a friend to and be able to actually have you there. But well, and I know I used to frustrate the living fuck out of you because you'd say things like, well, I don't know what to do. So I'd have you give me an example of something that you might do. I'd give you two or three other options. And then what, what, what is it that I'd say? I cannot tell you what to do. This is your choice to make. This and it's is the same on for, you. For everyone listening to this, if you want to be great, start now. Yeah. It might not seem that way. It's like an artist. You want to be the next Van Gogh. Think you want to be like the, the next the Rambrandt. Anime, uh, what, what's that called? The anime montage? Yeah. In slow motion. Well, here's the thing is um, the anime time skips where they become super badass with two years of time. Stuff happened during that time. The characters had to do stuff during that time. And we don't sucked. get to. We don't have to. We don't get to do the two-year time skip. We have to work on it in real life, and oftentimes yeah. we have to hold down a full-time job at the same time. Well, here might be something fun. Start your two-year montage now, and every week you film yourself doing your push-ups or some kind of training thing, or something, whatever your montage is for. And then save up those clips for two years, put them together, and then you can have your two-year time skip. The yeah, downside you is you got to actually live that two years first. Yes. Put the eye of the tiger up. Yes. And there's people that's done similar things. But it might be what you need to motivate yourself or to help yourself get through the, the, hard, the hard periods of, of um, not exchange, but where you're transforming. Because you're transforming inside and outside. Well, uh, we've covered this before. We have to be beacons for our people. Mm -hmm. In this seeming just hurricane of our people deciding to die, everything's erratic. Everything's just insane. Well, and being we on need... the verge of panic is not the way to inspire people. No. And too many of us are on the verge of panic. We're on the verge of panic. We're on the verge of just complete nervous breakdown. Right. We're on all these... Ver We're on the verge, the cliff of many many things right now yeah we're the the handful of lemmings that are not trying to jump off or be pushed off and we must be steadfast yes we have to be something that people can hold on to in the raging current people grab onto the stones the mountains anything that can keep them from being washed away right because while our people currently right now are in that lemming run it's a suicidal tendency on a grand racial scale Here's some good news because I brought up the lemmings. In that lemming run, not all the lemmings go over. We need to be the ones that lead the other lemmings away. And how is it that they do that? Some literally fight back. Some stand their ground. Uh, some just with the utmost confidence turn and walk along the cliff instead of falling over the cliff. Well, and it's there will be people that get pushed over that don't want to yep. because there's too many behind them. So we have it, the more people that can get together and get away from the herd and get with the pack or the tribe or whatever you want to call right. it the better and yeah it's it's really important people it, it's really there's actually a lot of hope right now we are in the perf perfect position to be the heroes and the gods of the future because we can literally save our people fuck we could save the world because do i really care about the other races no not in one one uh, not really but do they play a role in the ecology yep just like the bear or the the hyena or the pine martin yes they, everybody plays their, their role what if we all went back to the biomes that we actually belong in and started just associating with ourselves again maybe with a minimum of interaction which typically, honestly, would probably result in violence. But every now and then, there might be some trade that goes on. That's fine. And that's good if the Dravidians worship the Dravidians, the Asians worship the Asians. They are the most important people to themselves. They keep to themselves. They want to stay in their own biomes. We stay in our own biomes. Because let's be honest, we have no business being in a fucking jungle. No, we don't like it. Not really. Everybody thinks they like it, but it's because it looks like a forest on video. But the moment you're there and it's hot and muggy. Yeah, and 102 degrees with uh, humidity. Uh, yeah. Not so humid that you can see it in the air. 
Yeah. We don't belong there. It's, it's fine to go visit and be like, yeah, this sucked. I'm going back home where it's cool. Well, it's like people in Florida, people in California, people. Anytime we're in something too far from our own biome, it's like our sanity gets chipped away until mm-hmm. we're paying for Taco Bell with gators covered in mayonnaise. Right. But would the world really be bad if Hyperboreans was in the temperate zones? The people that come from jungle zones were in jungle zones. The ones that come from, I don't know, high mountain, high desert mountains were in their high desert mountains. Would you actually give a fuck? The answer is honestly, no, no, you wouldn't care. Well, and every people right now is having the same sort of fight. We've just been doing it longer than most. Yeah. And well, and, and more good news. We are not the only ones making this this fight. Seems we're the only ones in our particular sphere, but there are Mesoamericans making the exact same arguments that we are, but for their people. There are Asians. There are the Samoans. Yeah, there are arguing for their people to come back home and be their people. So well, we're not alone. Well, we're not even the one in the worst situation. No. Because like the Inuit, the Inuit are their own distinct. They're grouping. almost extinct. Yes. And they probably will be. Probably. Like, you've met one that was actually mourning for his people. Yes. I do not want our people to get to that point. Well, and the Samoans, they're, they're further on the brink than us, and yeah. maybe even further on the brink than... Um, the Inuit. Than the Inuit. And here's the thing is, most of the species of man are on the brink, because chimeras are everywhere. Oh, yeah, the beige power movement. Yes. And, and this is the thing, is... Because they're not just the beige power movement isn't just calling for the death of the Hyperborean. They're calling for the death of the purebred period. They are the all consuming, all hungry, the locusts. They're they're locusts. They're. And here's the thing is the chimeras, the beige, they don't have a collective biosphere. They don't have a collective consciousness. We do. And ours has been beat the frick up, which is why we're so battered and tired now we have to choose to live we have to choose to live defiantly and we have to choose to actually heal and it hasn't stopped we didn't get severed at the root when christianity came we have been progressively sawing it very very slowly but we can choose to let ourselves heal the scar will be there for a long time see i i would look at it like uh, christianity is the mold that gets on the tree root we can scrape that mold off. There's going to be a scar left. Well, and you can even see it in our mythology because everyone likes to pretend like the gods went away after Christianity. No, there are many stories of the gods fighting the church. Oh, yeah. Actively fighting them. Of course, well, because of how the church works, the gods lost so far. Right. Well, like um, there's, there's stories of giants and goddesses literally throwing boulders at churches uh yeah there's there's all kinds of stories i could probably spend two hours talking about just different versions of of various stories but our gods have never left us they are not in some ancient forgotten past the stories that we have yes they're old but honestly if they're told right if they're told well it could have happened any of these stories could have happened last week just down the street if we tell them well because they're supposed to they're timeless because they, the gods are us, which is going to lead into um, our next podcast, actually. And this is a topic that it's really, really melancholy. But Well, not should, for it, me because I'm all full of, fuck you! Not well, going to die. We have to be defiant. And I'll be honest, you, you have spent your whole life without having the, the you have experienced these things, but you yourself have always been defiant. Always. For a lot of us, we have to learn to be that way. It, we have been told no. We have been told this. We have been told that. We have been trained. Don't fight back. Don't back mouth. Just do what the teacher says. Just do what the policeman just says. Just go with the flow. Yeah. Don't resist. Why just, are you so contradictory? It. Why are you so combative? What is wrong with you? Why are you so mean? And That's not nice. <laughs> it's okay to cry. Real no. men show their emotions and cry like a little girl. Sit down and just bawl. Be strong. Be great. Because our people need that, and I, I cannot emphasize this enough. We have to stop waiting for a hero. We have to start being the hero. Yes. Because, yes, we're scarred. Yes, we're battered. Yes, we're bruised. All oh, the best heroes are scarred to shit. 
You know, why? Because it shows that they've been through something. So we are already wounded and developing scars. That just makes us more mighty. Sorry, that's the defiant side of me. I'm like, ah, yes. Well, and that, that's actually why this is actually perfect right now because you, you are defiant and I want to be defiant and I am defiant, but I'm still, like most people, I think I'm still just reeling from the understanding that this is what needs to be fixed. Mm -hmm. The realization that doesn't matter if you got rid of all the other races from our lands, if you got the government uncorrupt, we're still barreling towards oblivion because something in us decided that's what we wanted. Uh, what's that, um, that one poem that you really like? And unfortunately, some of our uh, enemies have been uh, corrupting Invictus. That. Yes. Read Invictus. It is very good. In fact, I'm going to read it right now. Invictus by William Ernest Henley. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody, but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am in the captain of my soul. So the next time somebody tries to get you to start giving up on yourself, on your people, on everything, be defiant to all of it. Be strong, be great, be willful. Well, and live for yourself, live for your people, live for your family, live for everything. Do not let them tell you you deserve to die. Here, here's something I've done. It's actually broken some uh, feminists, some of the hardcore 16th wave feminists, they're lecturing me or whatever, and I let my emotions run up just a little bit, and my eyes start turning red because, and then they're like, oh, finally, you see sense. I'm like, I feel so sorry for you. You are so broken. Why do you maim yourself? And then have an actual honest conversation with them. Like, I feel for you. You've, you've shorn your mane. You've maimed yourself to the bone. Why? We need to not hate our own people. And this division, this division is being treated as a good thing. It's not. They're feeding the disease. There's people that we can't save. Actually, this is the harsh reality. You cannot save anyone. They have to save themselves. But what you can do is give them a reason to save themselves. And that is actually how we'll, we will end up going forward, making ground, is giving people a reason to save themselves, to reach out to other people so that other people will save themselves. It's how we become mighty and noble once again. We don't have to take their bullshit, but just see through their bullshit and tell them what it is that you see. They're going to attack you. They're children. They They're are injured, scared children. And you need to understand that. And I know sometimes it's hard. Fuck, sometimes I can't do it. But there are times where that thing comes up in me and I can do that. And no, I don't ball like a baby, but a tear or, or six might roll down my face as I explain to them that they are causing me so much sorrow because they're harming themselves. And then they're taking that out on everyone around them because they themselves are miserable. We can't allow that to control our actions. Well, we've said it many, many times before. Empathy within. Care about your people. Understand that everybody's going through much the same thing. There are some that have 
completely sold us down the river, sure. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, even the people who start screaming, you're a white male, or how dare you, you colonist, or any of this, or I'm decolonizing how I'm teaching my children, they are people that are terrified. They are... They're just scared. They're, they don't know what to do. Nobody knows what to do anymore. Well, and they want to be noble. They want to be good. That's why they're doing these that, things. That, it's, it's in our nature to be noble and good and to be the we hero. We want to be the hero. So when they teach us that our people are the villain, we believe that we have to fight our own people. That's how they nurture it. Telling us you're ugly or you're mean or all these other stupid things is not what's doing it. They have cast our own people as the villain, and we believe the most noble thing is to kill the villain, kill the monster. And if we're the villain and the monster, then we need to die. And we can't let people keep telling ourselves that anymore. Don't let anyone tell that to anyone. Don't, don't let that happen anymore. Be defiant. Our people may have collectively decided this, may have collectively decided that we deserve to die, that we should just go gentle into that good night. Stand defiantly against all of that bare knuckled sword in hand whatever battered bruised cut but do not go gentle do not allow everything that has happened up to this point and what could happen after to cause us to fade we will not fade